Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Volume. Boxing with Chris Mannix is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. I bet on FanDuel as often and as comfortably as I possibly can. It is America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. There are fast payouts in as quick as two hours. So many bet types. Same game parlay bets, live betting, player props, futures, and so much more. If you are new... Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started right now. Sign up with the promo code BOXING so they know I sent you. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. All right, Sergio, we are minutes removed from Terrence Crawford's stoppage win over Sean Porter. And what a wild ending, man. Like, a close fight, a competitive fight. At the end of the 10th round, middle of the 10th round, after two knockdowns in that 10th round, you have Kenny Porter getting up and stopping the fight, pulling the plug on the fight for his son. Give me a reaction to what happened in that 10th round. I have too many reactions. The first one comes up, I'm not a big fan of father trainers because they're too emotionally attached to their son. Now, Kenny Porter is an amazing father, and he did a great job with his son. But there's a lot of times where... Boxers, some relationships, they start off good. They can win a title, and then they venture off. They branch off. They look, go look for someone else because the father doesn't let that the boxer, their boy, become a man. Tonight, look, he's a champion, but we didn't let Sean Porter be a man. As soon as he saw that his son was in trouble, a slight trouble, in a close fight, 
It was a 4-4 type fight. Very close fight. Very close. How do you stop that? I have no How idea. How do you stop that? And here's no, the thing. No, no, no. I, I, Let I, me finish. I, okay, good. How do you stop that? If if you're really looking for the best interest of your fighter, of your son, in, in a close fight against a pound-for-pound, pound, one of the best fighters in the world, you don't do that. That's when you face adversity. That's when you do something like Virgil Hunter with Andre Ward. This is greatness, son. This is what Muhammad Ali went through. This is what Sugar Ray Robinson done done. We go down. We get up. This is how we handle adversity. He didn't do that. I Why? Agree. Why? Because he was too close and too attached. He's so blood. Let's walk through that 10th round because Sean Porter was knocked down two times in that 10th round. But the second knockdown, which came without a minute to go in that 10th round, Porter absorbed it and seemed more frustrated by it than hurt by it. He was banging his glove against the canvas, almost in disbelief that he caught the punch from Terrence Crawford. So it wasn't like Porter was hurt, Sergio. I I'm wondering if you as a fighter, like, I mean, how incredulous would you be if you looked back at your corner and saw them throw in the towel in what you know as a fighter is a competitive fight? It reminded me of when Oscar De La Hoya went down with the body shot of Bernard Hopkins. Oscar De La Hoya banging away at the canvas. If you have that much energy to bang away at a canvas, you have that much energy to get up. Now, when you're banging that hard, you're punching at a canvas when you should be punching at an opponent. I don't blame Porter for that in the moment. Like, no. like Porter he was, was... He was about to get up. He was about to get up. He, he was, was up. He was he, up. He was... Spry, he was good. He was ready to go. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. I'm just I'm just trying to get inside the mind of Kenny Porter. Let me ask you this. In the interview after the fight, when Bernardo Asuna asked Kenny Porter why he stopped the fight, he said, first, the preparation wasn't there. I, I don't know what that means, Sergio. I don't really know what he's talking about when he says the preparation wasn't there. How did you take that? Well, I tweeted the same thing. The preparation is not there. You knew you were fighting the pound for pound, one of the best fighters in the world. I've been in camp with the Porters. They didn't even let me call it a gym. It was like a, a fitness stationary. Like they they don't like they they're so military. Kenny Porter is an amazing father, and he did an amazing job with his son. He turned him into a world champion. But the thing about father-son relationships, they don't let them branch out. They don't let them fly away. As soon as they have some kind of adversity, they want to shelter Yeah, them. but you hear, you hear Kenny Porter say that the preparation wasn't there. The preparation is always there. Of course Kenny it is. Kenny Porter... I'm sorry. Sean Porter is a 24-7 gym fighter. And he's he always wasn't in the hurt. Gym. He he's wasn't always hurt. Sparring. He's not hurt. He went down. He's been down before. Errol Spence put him down. Why don't I knock him down? Let me he's say this, more, Sergio. Let me say this. He was probably more hurt with Errol Spence than he was with. Absolutely. Let me say this. Kenny Porter made, I think, the biggest mistake he could possibly make for his son's career. Not to say that Sean Porter would have stopped Terrence Crawford or would have beaten Terrence Crawford, but he was in the fight. He was active in that fight. So to, for Kenny Porter to stop that fight in that moment was insane to me. How do you stop a fight where your son is in the mix to win the welterweight championship of the world and win the biggest fight of his career? How do you stop a fight like that? Because you're too emotionally attached. That's it. That's all I can tell you. 
whenever you're too emotionally attached to someone, whenever that's your son, you know, I have a son, man. If I saw my son get dropped like that, it will break me to pieces. Yeah, but your son's no, but, younger. Your son, and my stop. son doesn't box. He's a he poet. He doesn't box. Okay. He's a poet. Uh, that, he's not a poet. Your son is not a poet. Let's, let's, he's going to be a poet. Okay. But he's granted. not a pugilist. Yeah. But look, here, here's the thing. If I ever see my son get dropped like that, oh my God, I it will tear That's me to pieces. That's not the same thing, though. His son's been hit. He was dropped before. He was dropped by Errol Spence. He was in a dog fight with Kel Brook. He was in a street fight with Keith Thurman. What are we talking about here? He was in Ooh, the mix to like win the man. biggest fight of his career. And the guy stops the fight that is insane how do you stop a fight like that in the 10th round where your son is not hurt you saw that Sergio you tell me was Sean Porter hurt in that moment Bob Torrens I love I love the passion coming out of Chris Mannix tonight he had it last night too but where is it in his writing but anyway you are absolutely right you are no 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 no. listen you're right you're right I just like breaking your balls but you're right correct this is a reason I don't like blood attached. Whenever you're dealing with a blood sport, you don't want to have a blood attachment in your corner. The two. So you think it's a it's a core thing. You think oh, like no, no, family no, no. shouldn't it's train family. family. It's a family thing. That's it. okay. Because that often have, happens, right? It you often, like, shouldn't have any dude. Bloody. We're calling two fights in the next two weeks. Where Teofimo Lopez Senior is training Junior. Bill Haney is training Devin. Like you don't agree with that? They got him to a certain point. And they're still young. What, 23, 24 years old? Sean Porter is in his 30s. Correct. Way different. Whenever you try to boss around a man, that's a, you can't boss around a man. That's it. At 23, 24, you're still discovering yourself. You know you're a young man. Come on, man. Once you pass 28, let me go. Let me fly. Let me be my own man. You can't tell me what to do. That's the difference between a trainer and a father and a friend. A trainer can be a friend. A trainer can be a father. For a little bit, but then you gotta let them venture off, fly off, be your old man, see what it is to get your ass kicked and get up off yourself. I'm not gonna help you no more. You bleed, son. You come back at me later. That's some bullshit what happened tonight, and everyone's gonna regret it. I agree. I think Sean Porter has gotta be back in his locker room wondering what his father just did there. You saw Sean Porter after that second knockdown bang his gloves against the canvas. He was not hurt. He was not in a position where he might get stopped in a couple of moments. His father stood up on the ring apron and threw in the towel. And that, to me, Sergio, is completely inexplicable. You have got an opportunity to change your stars, to become one of the best welterweights in the world in the 10th round of this fight, and you throw in the towel I don't get it. I don't get it. I was sitting next to you, watch this fight all night long. I'm I'm just shocked that his father would do something like that. I'm shocked too. And whenever you're dealing in a blood sport, you don't want to deal with blood in the family. This is just way too close to home. This is, you know, you, you got to let a fighter go out on a shield. This is a man. Sean like, Porter would have gone out on a shield he at that moment. He, he absolutely would have gone out on a shield. away at the canvas. I agree. He would have gone if you, out. If you he have that much energy to bang away at a canvas, you have that much energy two to and get a half up rounds and fight. Left. But this is when an outside energy intervenes and ruins what could have been something special. He came out wearing a war hat. He didn't let his son go to war. This was half a battle. I you agree. don't do that. You don't do that in a 12-round fight versus one of the best fighters in the world, if not the best 
fighter in the world. You let him go out on the shield. You're a warrior. You came out with a war hat. Prove it. What would you have done? You're in that 10th round. You're a fighter. You're a former world champion. If you look back in your corner and see your corner throwing the towel in a competitive fight, what would you have said? Look, man, and I hate to bring this up. My second fight with Jacobs, my trainer did get up on the ring, and he waved off the towel. And I thanked him for it because I'm 37 years old, and I was getting my ass kicked. Porter was in a close fight. Porter was in a fucking close fight. 4-4. How do you stop that against a pound-for-pound, one of the best fighters in the world? You don't do that. You fucking go out on your shield. Go out on your shield and don't be in the sport. I agree, man. I agree. So in your mind, this was, well, first of all, this was the biggest and most significant opponent on Terrence Crawford's resume up until this point. Did Terrence Crawford gain something from this win? Absolutely. He beat he beat down a fighter that no one's been beaten down before. But did he? Like the judges yes. score the judges yes. scorecards were very close at the very end. It was a so close he, fight, but he beat him down. He beat him down. Okay. Who else is beaten down Porter like Nobody that? stopped Sean Porter, that's for sure. Well no one dropped Sean Porter either. Well, yeah, they did. Turn uh, Errol Spence did. So like uh, kept him on his knees, banging the floor? No. Well that was yeah, you're right. Uh, in, in a more emphatic fashion, uh, Terrence Crawford did drop Sean Porter. So I think in that way, he gained something from it. It's still, I feel like we're still back to where we kind of always have been with Terrence Crawford, where you and I both want to see Terrence Crawford against Errol Spence. Errol Spence was there in the arena on Saturday night, and I'm just not interested, Sergio, in anything but Spence versus Crawford at this point. I don't care. I don't care about... Crawford versus, I don't know, Keith Thurman. I don't care about Spence versus Wait, let me interject here. Let me mic block you here. Didn't you just tell me yesterday the biggest fight in boxing is Demetrius Andrade and Jamal Charlo, Chris Maddox. You're you're going against what you're saying. We're going to get to that. I said I don't want to see those guys against you anybody hypocrite. but each other. That's not you hypocrite. Okay. You are a hypocrite. It's not a hypocrite. I didn't say it was the biggest fight. I said I don't want to see them fight anybody but each other. That's all I care about. I don't care about Errol Spence against Jordanus Ugas. Nobody gives a damn. Nobody gives a damn about Terrence Crawford against opponent X. You need to see those two guys face each other for welterweight supremacy. Point blank, period. You gonna say something? I know you're kind of staring at me in a weird roundabout way. You should never say supremacy. I don't. Okay, <laughs> you're you're a lunatic, is what you are. All right, real quick before we go, let's talk about Demetrius Andrade knocking out Jason Quigley. Demetrius Andrade Sergio needed a signature win. He came into this fight with Jason Quigley, his fifth world title defense, and it wouldn't have been enough for him to win a lopsided decision as he's done so many times before in the past. What was your take on Andre's second-round knockout over Jason Quigley? I love the fact that we saw a dark side of Andre from the fighter meeting to punking you in the fighter meeting. He did. To being dark coming out. He wore black. Just like when Sugar Leonard in the rematch with Roberto Duran wore black. I love when fighters come out black. Back in black. They come out and they want to prove a point. They want to prove something to the crowd. They want to tell everybody, like, 
This is me. I'm going to shut it down tonight. Andre proved it to everybody. Now, it wasn't a championship opponent. Look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to exaggerate and say that Jason Quigley was a world beater. He was an excellent amateur. He's a, a, a fringe contender top fighter. But we shouldn't be too excited that he knocked him out. He's been knocked out before. Tirana Johnson knocked him out before. Correct. All right. Not like that, though. I'm just telling you I'm keeping it real. But he did his job. Andre knocks him down early. Then he cruises into the decision. He knocked him out. He took care of business. He got the world's attention. He didn't near his hometown. That's all that matters. Now, who's next? Who's going to step up? He wants the big names. He keeps calling them all out. Someone needs to step up. It can't be quickly, and it can't be someone similar to that. It has to be a big name. It has to be a Charlo, a Golovkin, and maybe even a Canelo. We'll see. I agree. I thought that Demetrius Andrade showed me a different side of him in this fight. All week long in the buildup to his fight against Jason Quigley, he was feistier than usual. He was more animated than usual. He was angrier than usual. And you got a sense leading into that fight that you were going to see a more aggressive Demetrius Andrade. And, and Sergio, I loved it. And I loved it. Yes. and you, I loved I, it. And I told him, I want to see more of this. You did. I want to see that chip on the shoulder. I want to see him wearing black. But I you and I, Sergio. Angry. I want to see him being pissed off at you. Well, you, and I, you and I, though, were on the same page, though, that it wasn't going to be enough for Andrade just to win a decision. He had to win by knockout, which he did. He had to win impressively. He had to. Impressively, had to. though, is a knockout. Not a lopsided. He's done that before. He no, had to win by knockout. You could beat the hell out of someone, keep knocking him down impressively, but, yeah, not give it back. You get the early knockdowns, and you want to keep him down. And he did, he did that. He did that. That's important, and we all remember that. That's it. Jason Quigley was overmatched in this fight, and Demetrius Handred got him out of there, and that's exactly what it needed him to do. And now we turn the page towards what does Demetrius Andre do next. He is an undefeated middleweight champion, Sergio. He is 31-0, 34-0, it? 34-something. He's undefeated at this point. He is a middleweight title holder. He has real money behind him. The top fighters in the 160-pound division need to face him. I'm talking about Gennady Golovkin. I'm talking about about Jaime Magia. And most importantly, Sergio, I am talking about Jamal Charlo. Demetrius Andrade versus Jamal Charlo is the biggest fight that can be made in boxing, point blank, period. End of story. You're standing up, you're walking away, I don't care. Andrade Charlo, biggest fight in boxing, hands down. No doubt about it. I want to see that fight more than I want to see any other fight that could be made in boxing today. They are two unbeaten middleweight champions in a sexy division. The middleweight division, 160 pounds. They're in their prime, in their 30s. They need to face each other early next year. There is no other reason that this fight cannot happen. Forget networks. Forget promotional affiliation. There are no other opponents for these two guys to fight but each other. Give me Andre Charlo, Sergio early next year, or give me nothing else. I want to leave this room. I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe being in this room. Uh, our DAZN producer, Bob Torrens, is here. Can I answer that question, Bob? 
I, I want to ask Mannix a question. How does Anthony Joshua versus Usyk not be a bigger fight? Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk is a good fight. It's a rematch. Tyson Fury versus the winner of Joshua Usyk is excellent. I'm all for that. I understand in the aftermath of this fight, people want to see Errol Spence against Terrence Crawford. I don't care. I want to see Andrade versus Charlo. It is a massive, massive matchup in a weight division that has long been one of the best in boxing. Sergio, you and I are talking to each other. Yes, I told you. Hold on, hold on. You and I are talking to each other in New England, the home of Marvin Hagler, maybe or one of the greatest middleweight champions in boxing history. We need to see middleweight unification fights, and there is no better fight than Andrade against Charlo for 160-pound supremacy. You're dead wrong. You're dead wrong. You wasted all that energy, and you're dead wrong. Because boxing has so many, much, so many, 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 many bigger fights. But here's okay, the thing. Yeah. But here's the thing. Move on with that. But yeah. I'm gonna give. But I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a little bit of credit here. You, you're dealing with two undefeated fighters, two fighters that stylistically can give each other hell. And that's what's interesting. It's an excellent style matchup. It's a southpaw versus a power puncher. It's a young buck that's full of energy from Houston, from Texas, knocking out everybody versus a scientific uh, southpaw that picks you apart, pivots away, and it's coming off a big win. It Stylistically, it makes sense. But it's not going to happen. So I don't know why you're so energetic about it. It's not going to happen. Why are you not? Why are you not energetic about it? Why do you not care about it? Do you really give a shit about... Jamal Charlo against, like, Machek Siletsky? Do you really give a damn about Demetrius Andrade against Chris Eubank? Not going to happen, Who Max. cares? Not going to happen, It Max. doesn't matter why it doesn't happen. Like, why are we getting into, like, the promotional, like... Bob, talk to him. Why are we getting into the promotional, promotional cobwebs here, Sergio? All you need to say is that that fight is the biggest fight in the middleweight division. Maybe I'm out of my mind that I think it's the biggest fight in boxing, but it's at least... The biggest fight in the middleweight division. At least give me that. I told you, you make a point with the fact that stylistically, stylistically, strategically, the fact that they're both undefeated, they're both in a in a in a great division. Stylistic, strategically, fuck that. All Who cares? That, they're, they're clashing, but it's not the biggest fight in boxing. You got so Whatever. many. It, that's subjective. That's subjective. Look, Whatever. Whatever you think. Use is a fine. different word. You're a writer. No. Don't say bigger. Say. It's don't, subjective. And, and I think it's bigger. I think it's better. Way. I think it's great. I think it's amazing. I want to see that fight happen. But, like, the idea that we're going to be okay with Andrade versus, like, Eubank or Jamal Charlo no, versus no, Maciek Seleski no, is insane. No. If you are a network and you are paying for that crap, you're out of your mind. Those two guys need to be put in a room and everybody fuck, everybody figures out what exactly is happening between these two. Whatever network you want to put it on, do it. Because nobody else cares about what other fights these guys fight. Significant. You're like Googling words. That's the word that John McCormick from our production Correct. told me. Yes. And he said, it's not important. It's not the biggest. It's significant. I'll give you that. Middleweight significance. But it's not the biggest. All right, it doesn't matter. You want to see it. I know you want to see it. You're desperate to see it. Maybe not as much as I am, but you're desperate to see it as well. Significance. Okay. All right. Sergio Mora, we'll be back next week 
on the podcast and DAZN broadcast. We'll be back next week as well. Teofimo Lopez against George Cambosis in New York, November 27th on DAZN. We will see you next week. It's significant. I don't care. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.